the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. You, your money, your life, your dreams. The answers are here. This is Rob Black. (laughs) It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Starting off a good second hour. Will Durst is live and in studio. He's sitting across from me and he's already laughing and... It's not. It's not the, the good laugh because he's like, uh, we're, we got a TV in studio. We got a really lovely studio. I've worked in radio fifteen years, and I've never been in a studio this great. And uh, we don't pay our cable bill at Clear Channel, and we don't have high end <laughs> cable. So what do you have? You have Ion, so you can watch Little House in the Prairie. I um sometimes I watch that Kathy Lee Gifford show, Kathy Lee and Coda, and uh, it's on right after the Today Show. And Kathy Lee's kind of that cougar, sexy soccer mom thing going on. It's it's is it the Kathy Lee from Regis and Kathy? Yeah, Regis, yeah. Oh, they, really? She's got her own show. Yeah, they brought her in to um, sit in to do a show right after the Today Show, and it just it just ended at eleven. Oh. So, um, you should watch it sometime. No, it's, it's Martha Stewart. It's it's a train wreck. You don't watch Martha Stewart? Oh, it is. It's a train wreck it's that's fun. getting better. So, and it's it's obviously geared to go against that Regis audience. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of drinking. They drink a lot during the show. Oh, cool. That was, that's so, my kind of a show. 10 o'clock East Coast time and you're, you're pounding, uh, the drinks. That's, that's a good show. So anyway, we're, we're talking with Will Durst today. <laughs> Will Durst is a funny man. He was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. How was life growing up in Milwaukee? Actually, Milwaukee is a pretty good place to grow up. Is it? Good Great place to be from. <laughs> Great place to grow up. So I, I, I get to go back because my dad is still there, so I get to go back every couple of months. Dad's still alive, still functioning pretty good? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's good. Yeah. Okay. So. Needs a little help now and then, but don't we all? Now, you're yeah. known as a political satirist um, along the lines of Mort Saul, a Will Rogers. Is that complimentary when people say that? Yeah. I, you understand what people are doing. You know, they just want to uh, plot... Put you in a box. Yeah, they want to find out where you are on the grid. You know, so you say I do political stuff and topical stuff, and that's you know seven up and three to the left, and then they can see you there. And Mark Twain's over there, and you know, and a lot of really bad guys are over there too. But uh, Dennis Miller's a political comic, and I I kind of gravitated towards that because uh, when I was going to college, everything was had to do about the Vietnam War and so it, everything was political you know i mean even math class was political let's say the Viet Cong has 470 really? POWs and they get rid of 30% of yeah i mean everything was so when i started doing stand up comedy it was my first year of college 1974 second year of college and i started uh, doing political stuff and just because it was in the papers and that everything was political. Do you study comedy in the sense of there's political comedy, there's that's kind of highbrow, and then there's the dress up like a monkey and bang your symbols on the low end. Do you study the different forms or you don't take it that seriously? Because it, I study other talk show hosts, 
Um, can't stand Gil Gross. I think he's bloated, um, doesn't really say anything intelligent. Um, I, I study everyone in radio, and there's people that I like and there's people that I don't like. Uh, who do you who do you like? Who's the guy on right now on 910 Kenny uh, Ron Owens. I think Ron Owens does a wonderful show. He's pretty balanced, um, pretty well thought out. He's very eloquent in his styles. Um, Gary Radnich, I think he's okay as a sports talk show host um, in the sense that he doesn't really talk sports. He talks about the lifestyle of sports or something along those lines. So I like a couple, but um, Lynn Jimenez, she does KGO Business Reports. I think she's an inch deep and a mile wide. Don't like her at all because she's kind of reading press releases. Um, and she doesn't really have a lot of substance. She's kind of like Chinese food. It's it tastes yummy, but it's right out of you in thirty minutes. Um, so I got I got opinions. But you, yeah, but each of these people are targeted towards a different audience. Perhaps the audience is not you. You know, like Gary Radnich is obviously yeah. going for the sports guy who wants to have a morning show. So it's a morning show with sports as kind of you know the background. Sure, but everything else is just a, a regular morning show. Absolutely. Um, it, but see, the financial media shows like mine, most of them are infomercials. They typically buy the hour for $300, and they're really trying to recruit clients versus give good financial information. So it's it's frustrating. And as, as the civilian, as speaking for the mm-hmm. civilian, you can tell that too. Can you? Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. You can you can tell when it's uh, not a real show. And don't don't they sometimes call that radio crack? Because, you know, the station gets, you know, so used to getting that money all the time that they, it's it's hard to put on a real show. And they try to isolate it on weekends yeah. so that it's, it's away from the other shows. Yeah. But some stations are flat out broker time. Um, who do you like? Do you? Well, uh, I can appreciate a lot, a lot of different stuff. For okay. uh, Seinfeld, one of the best technicians in the business, the way he can construct a joke. and Both TV and stand-up. Uh, mostly stand-up I'm talking okay. about. Uh, I don't watch a lot of sitcoms, okay. although there's one out there, uh, The Big Bang Theory, that I think is very funny. You think that's funny? Yeah. Okay. It makes me laugh. That's funny. How about Two and a Half Men? Uh, no, not so much. I hate that show. Yeah. I think it's What's Wrong with America. Oh, really? You're going that far. It's that wow. bad. It's a microcosm. It, two and a half men is that bad. And yet it's still on the air. Five, six years well, later. Well, according to Jim, was on the air for almost eight years. So, yeah. So you watch so It the depends Bang on where they're targeting things. You so don't I like the Big Bang? I've, I've never actually watched a whole episode. Oh, really? Yeah, no. Oh, it's really it's very smart. Wasn't it like close to a cancellation and it, it gets brought First back? year, but okay. now it's on its third year, so yeah. it's uh, syndicated. Interesting. I saw one of the, sh- the show's uh, um, actors, star of, it's t- tough to say that you're star of because not a lot of people know the show, but yeah. um, pretty funny guy. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's 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 a whole different kind of a, you know comedy because you're you're so targeted towards the middle of America that you can't you know. And but the thing about Seinfeld was that the way he there was a movie after he had done the TV show for nine years and he was going back on the stand up comedy circuit. He actually did a movie and let the camera follow him around as he constructed his act from dead zero. And the movie's called Comedian. And uh, his manager is involved and his manager has another client named Orny Adams, and Orny shows up in the movie, and they're both, you know, trying to make it, and, and Seinfeld's getting heckled, you know, uh, as he's constructed this brand new set, and he said, and he just looks at the lady, he goes, lady, I've 
had the number one show on television for five years in a row, and you're heck. What do I have to do to get your respect? And it it, it just kind of shows what happens to a comedian. And then he and then he constructs his seven minute set and does it on uh, on uh, Letterman or Leno. I can't remember one okay. of the two. Yeah. What do you what do you think about hecklers? Because I when I see a comedy show, I kind of enjoy the watching the comic off the top of his head deal with a heckler. Because hecklers, you know, they differ like golden clay. Some of them are just drunk. Some of them are there because they think they're the comedian's friend. Uh, what do you? How do you handle hecklers? And what do you think about them? Um, I um, hecklers can really destroy the uh, the integrity of the show. No, the rhythm of the show is what they can do. And it can be an awful experience, not just for the the comic, but also for the immediate surrounding part of the crowd. But uh, you are right. If if the comedian deals with it uh, with a sense of humor, what what you get to see when there is a heckler is who the comedian really is. You get to see him break out of the act and how much of his presentation is actually an act, and and because he's got a different voice. You know, I try to get out of my act every now and then and deal with the audience on a level so that they can hear that my real voice is pretty similar to my show voice because it it can be two totally different personalities. But most of the time it's just drunken nonsense, which is a pain in the ass for the uh, audience and and the show. It it really can ruin the show. And then invariably the guy will come up afterwards I was just trying to help out. I think we make a good team. Nice. <laughs> and you, you instantly sign him to a contract and yeah. he tours with you. Yeah. yeah. Happily yeah, you ever tell after. him you're going to South Africa next. Speaking with Will Durst, he's Meet funny me. man, San Francisco native? No, well, no. not a native. No, no. You're from Milwaukee, but you, you've lived here a long time now. Well, I think I'm an honorary native. I've been here since 1979. That makes you an honorary yeah. for sure. You did a radio show with Willie Brown. Yeah. Right so, in this studio. It was in the studio? Yeah. Exactly. I did not know that. So now, only for the last month, for the first uh, 10, 11 months, we were at uh, the Vitali Hotel in the lobby. I would explain the soiled couch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I wouldn't sit on it. I wouldn't sit on it for for your money or my money put together. Speaking with Will Durst, um, you just talked about comedians being heckled. And I think the most famous one now has to be uh, Michael Richards when he was getting heckled and he just lost his stuff and, and went crazy and threw out the N-word pretty regularly. Um, do you support him? Do you feel bad for him? What's your take? Uh, that was kind of unconscionable what he did. Uh, but the, the, the dynamic is, is so, it's a little complex when, because when, when you're a comic and you know all the ins and outs and it was late at night, he's not really a stand-up comic. He's a cast member. He's, he Character was in actor. the Fridays. Yeah. He's a sketch actor and, and an improviser and. And he's not really he doesn't really have a routine. It's uh he comes up with ideas and goes on and and just riffs on it. And what was happening was uh there was a party of fifteen or something in the upstairs and they were talking all through his set. And then he flipped out and uh he went crazy and he used the N word and then he tried to pull it off 
like he was doing a Lenny Bruce kind of freedom of language thing, and he almost got there and then uh, lost the audience again. It was it was interesting to watch the clip as a comic because you can you can find out what he's trying to do. You know, oh, he's going to go into the whole language. You know, you know the freedom of language. Yeah, and, yeah, and then and then that turned on him. Yeah, that was whoa, man, that was ugly to watch. Let me head to break here, but let me mention again. I'm speaking with Will Durst. You can find him online at willdurst.com. Willdurst.com. It's D-U-R-S-T.com. Any relationship to Kirsten? No, or I guess, Fred. I guess that'd be Dunst. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, oh. be funny. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. Yeah. Just an extension tough, tough of one letter. Yeah. WillDurst.com. He's going to be doing a free show in the park, Golden Gate Park uh, Comedy Day. You can find out more about Comedy Day at ComedyDay.com. And it's coming up on the 20th of September. Who doesn't like free in an economy like this? We'll talk the economy. We'll talk cash, cash for clunkers. We'll talk Nancy Pelosi and Obama doing conference calls to students and kids in elementary school. Interesting times we live in. 800-345-5639 if anyone wants to call in and throw in their two cents. 5639. I say it a little fast, don't I? Yeah. I'm caffeinated. <laughs> I'm not. Rob Black is watching your wallet live and local. Call 1 800 345 KNEW. Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. On Fridays, I tend to stretch my legs. Now, you know that I tend to get mixed metaphors, and sometimes I've said, on Fridays, I like to spread my legs. <laughs> so to get the content, and it just doesn't, it doesn't sell well when I mix my metaphors. Um, I do too much caffeine, and I think too fast, so I do mix the metaphors pretty, pretty consistently. Um, 800-345-5639. I got Funny Man Will Durston, and when I was a teenager, I watched your stuff. I, I was a subscriber to Showtime, and... Um, you did a lot of stand-up routines and uh, game, I, I want to say game shows and things along those lines. And um, you were pretty, you're pretty prolific as a comedian. You've been working probably a good 35, 40 years now. Yeah, uh, 35. And the great thing is they keep writing material for me. You know, it doesn't matter who, what administration is, you know, everybody's, oh, you know, you're going to lose Bush and, you know, uh, the low hanging fruit is going to be gone. But well, they say that to Rush Limbaugh, too. That when Bush came in, how how was this show going to be a success? Oh right, right, yeah. yeah. So and because he wasn't leveraging his enmity against yeah. something, he was actually trying to draft. On uh, yeah, yeah. You spoke about writing. It keeps writing for you. Have you ever used writers, or do you ever use joke services? Or no, I write. Okay. I write. So I have a deadline. Uh, I come up with a joke every morning uh, that I Twitter. There's a joke. So you uh, anybody who wants to follow me on Twitter. Let me jump on Twitter right now so I can do this in real time. Right. So you go to Twitter.com, yeah. and you have a Twitter account, and you ask Will to be your friend, something along those lines. Yeah, follow, you follow me. Yeah. And you tweet a, sh- you tweet a joke tweet a day? I tweet a joke a day. Okay. Yeah, so uh, I do that, and I also put it in the Chronicle on the City Brights on the uh, SF Gate thing. I would think that Twitter, or Twitter has more subscribers than the Chronicle. Yeah, but they have to follow you. So I only have like 450 followers right now. Really? We yeah. could get that number up. Yeah. Yeah. What's, what's your uh, Twitter name? I have no idea. You, just, how, yeah. Is it just Will Durst? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because like my Twitter name is um, Rob oh, Black Show. Rob Black Show. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Let's and see. what do you tweet? Um, I'm on the toilet. Things like that. 
So I, I tell people the most no, inane things. You no, you don't. No, actually, I, no. I try to give the behind the scenes of, of radio. Like I had a, a, a radio meeting the other day. And, uh, oh, you had a meeting? Yeah, I met with my program director, who you saw, yeah. kind of a bloated uh, Captain Kirk-looking fellow. Um, and he's one of those guys, like, uh, we need more gummy bears. So uh, he With wants, a great voice, though. He's got a great voice, yeah. fantastic voice. Yeah. He, he's one of the ex-talent yeah. that couldn't make it as talent, so he became management. Uh, so don't mm. let him... Don't, no, he's, prob- I won't. He's, no. he's probably not listening. No, yeah, I'm sure he isn't. And if he is, well, there I go. Um <laughs> That's that's radio management. Radio management is failed ta- is talent that didn't couldn't succeed, or or guys who just couldn't deal with the public anymore. <laughs> but that's the biggest pain in the ass that I have. Will is that he literally will study demographics and he'll look at these numbers and like we're low in gummy bears. So he'll say like you got to talk to more gummy bears. You got to talk to more gummy bears or whites or blacks or youngs or old. Like for instance, when I started this job nine months ago, he said six months ago he said. We're too old. The average AM listener is 82 years old. We got to get rid of the average AM listener. So the first thing I said was, I hate old people. They don't pay income taxes. So, so you get rid of all your old people. I've, I've done a pretty yeah. good job of getting rid of old people. They don't pay taxes. I think we should turn them into food. Um, they're, so dra- like green. they're draining our, our economy because they're not contributing income taxes and they're, they're taking Social Security. Medicare, I think we Medicare. should hand out free cigarettes. Free cigarettes. Free cigarettes. No, are you, for, are you to the spokes, elderly? Are you a to the elderly? For no, no, no. Get rid of the elderly. Yeah. Butter. Butter will kill them faster than cigarettes. Really? I think so. Okay. Clog the old arteries. So take them down that way. Um, what do you think about old people? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not go- getting me to go there. So, uh, so you were telling me about radio. You had this meeting. You had a meeting. He says I'm not going to micromanage. Then he does nothing but micromanage. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's horrible, but it's it's okay because yeah, you just shake. But your you've head. been in radio for fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. It's been so you've gone through a lot of this. Yeah, a lot of it, and most of the time they leave me alone. And and you had to have learned the trick that everybody knows, which is you say yes all the time, pretty much so, and then go on doing what it was that you did. Yeah. And then when things turn better, they come to you and say, "Say, didn't I tell you that was going to work?" And you just nod your head sagely and go, "Can't believe that uh, I was reluctant to listen to you." Reluctant to listen, uh, to say the least. Yes. Um, let's talk Dick Cheney. Do you miss Dick Cheney? Mean old Dick How Cheney. How can I miss him when he won't go away? It's, he, it's the old the country western song. For eight years, he was in an undisclosed location, and now he won't shut up. It's great. Where do you see him at? Do you see him on Fox? Do you see him on CNN, MSNBC? I, I see I see him making a comeback. There's actually, I don't know if you've kept up on this, but there's actually... A bit of a rumor out there that he might run in 2012. That's crazy. I know. It's crazy. Talk. I know, and it's wonderful. Crazy talk. Yeah, that would be. That, who would be his uh, vice president? You Palin. think Palin? Oh yeah. <sighs> oh, I had on the a comedian's guest. dream. Are you kidding? I had on a guest the other day, and uh, he's done a Palin movie, and I'm and pretty he made fun of her. No, he, he loves her. Oh, okay. And what I didn't realize was that he was going to defend her no matter what. And I asked the question, I said, you know, if as vice president, she couldn't really hold, you know, her water against Katie Couric. And he defended the Katie Couric interview. And there's no defending the Katie Couric interview when Katie Couric says, what magazines do you read? What newspapers do you read? And she couldn't come up with one. How can you defend that? Oh, and- whatever's lying around. <laughs> it wasn't that her answer? Whatever's lying around? Pretty much so. Yeah. <laughs> so now here, here's what I, I wanted this guest because I'm in love with the idea of a beauty 
queen running for office. I'm in love with the idea of a comedian getting into office. I'm tired of lawyers being our politicians. I don't think it's a, it's a fair representation of the people or the people. Obama's a lawyer. Biden's a lawyer. 13 of their 15 cabinet appointments are lawyers. How effective can a government be when it shuts down every time an ambulance roars up Pennsylvania Avenue? That's what I want to So what about the idea of uh, average Joes, entrepreneurs becoming politicians? Good idea, bad idea? Uh, yes and no. Uh, entrepreneur, entre, yeah, that one. Um, well, we got uh, uh, Carly. Uh, Carly Fiorino. Fiorino is going to run for senator against, and we got uh, Meg Whitman going to run for governor. So both those things. The, the problem is uh, they are not that interested in politics, and they never have been, proof by the fact that they didn't vote for the last 20 years. They didn't bother voting. So it shows kind of a, uh, you know, oh, maybe I'll get into it now. I once asked Carly Fiorina out on a date on the air. Oh, really? Because she's kind of a sexy CEO. Yeah, she's hot. She's pretty hot. Yeah. Cougarish, but good cougar. Yeah. So um, Al Frank. Smart, money, yeah. good job. I mean, what? what she ran HP. You know, where's the bad? So there's no bad, in my opinion. I wanted a mature, older woman. Did she go? No. No. So topic change, because we're not talking about me here. <laughs> I, no, I want to know about Carly Fiorina. Um, was, she, was she, yeah, was she, was she, was she, was it boom? No. It was boom, or was no. it kind of, yeah, no, no chance on the planet. Oh, really? So, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, um, no private jet. Al Franken. She a private jet kind of a person. She's a private jet type of person. So, and I don't have a private jet yet. Yeah. I've been, I've been on a private jet. I've never been on a private jet. Really? Yeah. You've never been seduced and wined and dined by Hollywood and <clears throat> flown around? No, no. Really? No. I would have thought. But if you know anybody. No I'm, executives invite you to their daughter's wedding and nothing no, like that? No. Got to go to a wedding at the White House, though. Who's, who's, who's? Uh, Barbara Boxer's daughter. Okay. Nicole Boxer. So, Congress she people married, can use White House. No, no, no. She was marrying Hillary's brother when this was in ninety four, ninety three, ninety four. So Tony Rodham and Nicole Boxer. So we got to go to the wedding, and uh, because Nicole had worked at a comedy club, she knew at the old Holy City Zoo out in Clement on Fifth and Clement, and so she knew a lot of comics, and she invited us to the wedding. And uh, one of us, um, who is a, a great, funny guy, his name is Dan Chopin. He lives in St. Louis now. Uh, he was out here, but he moved back to the Midwest where he's from. He brought a clock, and he put the battery in in the clock. And so he tried to enter the White House with a package that was ticking. And he was confused when they called him over and said, what's in here? And they, and they strip searched him. It was uh, it was very funny. They strip searched him? Yeah. He tried to enter the White House with a package that was ticking. I think he wanted to be strip searched. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm pushing 40 now. And, you know, when you go to the doctor in your 30s, they start doing the little anal thing. Um, my copay, my copay, put finger in and cough, was $5. And I had this doctor who was gorgeous. And I was like, this is like a cheap date for me. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. I know it's the most messed up thing to say on, on the planet. Did you go back a couple of times in I a did. week? I did, actually. Yeah. I had to See, go now back. that's messed up. I had man. to go back one more time to her before she changed practices. <laughs> Poor lady. 
Anyway, um, give her a prosthetic for her thumb. Let's go to Emil in Brisbane. Uh, Emil in Brisbane. Emil's one of our regular callers. Okay, and he's going to run for mayor of Brisbane. Oh, That's good. Right. When I become mayor, I want to know is will 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 and talk to the people of Brisbane to you know lighten them up to to make things good and uh, and cheery. And and Mr. Ambassador, you should come with them as well. I'm an ambassador for Makers Mark. Um, Bourbon, so oh, he calls me Mr. Ambassador. Oh, it was the greatest day in my radio life when they made me an ambassador. How do, how do you how do you get? I'm I'm sorry, Emil. I'm just curious. It's a little cul-de-sac here in the conversation. How do you get to be an ambassador for? You Maker's say Mark? on a radio show that you like bourbon. The next thing you know, the owner of Maker's Mark makes you an ambassador. I've got a card in my wallet, and I can go in and I can get free bourbon anywhere I want. At any bar? No, nah, I'm making that up. Oh. <laughs> he, he knows I'm going to mention it on air. <laughs> Because I have a friend who writes a spirits column for a magazine, so he gets to go to uh, all these places. I, w- I would love to do uh, maybe a documentary on bourbon, you know? Okay. And and maybe rye, you know, American whiskey, do the whole whiskey trail, Tennessee and Kentucky. You a whiskey drinker? Uh, Well, yeah. Okay, I am too. So yeah. I like whiskey and a good cigar, although I'm, I'm switching to a pipe, I think. It's cheaper. Uh, I smoke cigarettes. I have a, I smoke about five cigarettes a day. Really? Yeah. You, are, you seem so educated. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's where we are in a society. There's people like me who look at you and you go, you're a barbarian. You're a monkey for smoking cigarettes. I am a monkey. I, I, w- I want to retain, uh, retain my uh, primate roots. So that's why, you know, I'm, I'm so afraid of becoming... You know, a cultured and drinking tea with yeah. my pinky out. That uh, I love to smoke. I love the expression on people's face when when you light up. Yeah, yeah. Emil, uh, did we get to your point, or are we done? Well, I was hoping uh, I could get a yes or a no out of Will. Um, Emil, are you uh, paying for my services to come and tell jokes and make people laugh out loud on purpose against their will? Hey, the the key to the city is yours, Will. Oh, cool. Key to the city. That's not too bad. I know a couple of hot ladies who live in Brisbane. Does the key to the city include the key to their house? And do you share, Will? Yes, I do. You do? I do, indeed. Hey, I got to get to know you. uh, Hey, great good luck in your campaign. When are you running, Emil? Well, uh, Election Day is uh, 3 November, and uh, I'm, I'm making appearances now. Are you going to all the candidate forums? Well, yes. Yes, I am. And... And, uh, you know, talking about pedigree of politicians, I'm a, a retired DEA agent, so let's see how that enters the mix. What's my probability of success? Who knows? Uh, in the Bay Area, that close to the city of San Francisco, I would call it, uh, forgive me, slight. Slight. You're being kind. I am indeed. Uh, tomorrow, or the Monday, is actually the official, unofficial kind of opening of the political campaign being Labor Day and all. Are you going to suck up to any uh, labor types and go to a parade? I have uh, turned them all down, all of them, AFL-CIO, Women's League, PETA, uh, you name it. I said no. Oh, if I appeal to the voters of Brisbane, that's one thing, but I'm not going to be owned by anybody. Not a, not a big labor fan. I never was. Uh, so you, th- uh, I, don't, I don't understand. You don't, you don't like labor? Uh, don't you, don't no, you think I, this country was built on labor? No, no, no. This is 2009. I, and most of us can can take care of ourselves. Now, way back when, that was another story, but things have changed. At least that's my mentality. Uh, we can make it on our own. But these are the people that gave us the weekend. <laughs> there are no more weekends. 
<laughs> well, for retired DEA agents, I'm sure that's true. Now, Emil, one more factoid about Emil. Tell them about your book, Emil. Oh, the playbook. Hey, Rob, I, I, I sent you and Heidi a copy. Uh, I hope you got it. I did not get it, but what, what is the playbook all about? The playback is it's all about women, Will, if you haven't heard. It's how to survive. <laughs> yeah, you're laughing. That's probably because, uh, well... You read the playbook. I would need a playbook. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm married, so uh, I would definitely need any any help I can get, Emil. Oh, uh, this this is the uh, this is the answer to not only the young but uh, the not so young. And that that latter that latter category would be mine. Well, I got to take over because it's my show, and I I demand urinating. I love his voice, man. I know Emil's fantastic. He's got that great voice. He's a great uh, call, and I always appreciate when he calls. And uh, the playbook uh, helps older men like ourselves get younger women. Oh, really? That's what it's all about. It's all about capturing women. So not not putting them in your backyard for 18 years. (laughs) Jesus. I'm not saying that's a good thing. Yeah, that's let's let's not go down that road. J.C. DeGard, good-looking woman. (laughs) Oh, here we go. So, um, um, hey, John Scott, this is my program director, Will Durst. Uh, he just brought in the playbook. So we'll take a look at Emil's book during the Okay, during the during break. The break. Yeah, we got a break coming up. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639. Will is doing a free show, which I can't imagine he's making a lot of money doing a free show. But you can find him at willdurst.com. It's willdurst.com. It's D-U-R-S-T.com. And that free show, for those of you who've never been to Golden Gate Park, it's a wonderful place to take your family. Comedyday.com. Comedyday.com. It's coming up September 20th. 45 comedians. At least 22 should be funny. Sharon Meadow, 45 <laughs> comedians from 12 to noon, and uh, we're giving out a Comedy Legend Award, and and uh, it's the 29th annual, so uh, please come on down. Uh, picnic, a lot of fun for have the whole be- family. Have, are you a Comedy Legend yet? No, no, no. A no, no. couple more years. No, no, no. Yes. A couple more great, uh, gray hairs. A, yeah, I'm still a, a zygote. You know, I don't even reason. know what that means. It's, it's I think pre-embryonic. Part, yes. I thought it was like part of a sperm or something. <laughs> uh, it is. <laughs> nice. 800-345-5639. I'm having an interview with a part of a sperm, Will Durst. <laughs> it's Rob Black Show. sense. This is Talk 910 KNEW. This is Rob Black. I'm speaking with 415's very own Will Durst. He's on Twitter. You can find him. Just go to find people and type in Will Durst. On his bio, he says, sworn enemy to all tyrants, foreign and domestic, comic, author, columnist, commentator, margarine smuggler, cheeseburger, acolyte, big fan of the First Amendment. Uh, margin smuggler? Back in the early 70s, Wisconsin was still margarine-free. I mean, we had margarine because it's a huge dairy state. Right. So they allowed margarine in, but they didn't allow colored margarine in. So it would be the color of yard, lard. It would be pure white. Uh, and then you, they gave you a little dye packet, and you could mix it in, but nobody did that. So we would go across the border and buy colored margarine. In Illinois. And every weekend, the neighborhood would get together and there'd be a designated, we'd take orders. And uh, I would drive down through Wisconsin about 
45, 50 miles to the Chicago border, Illinois border, and pick up some margarine and bring it back. So I was a margarine smuggler. Yes, indeed. Did he make the margarine sit in the back of the, the car? In the back of the station wagon. So it was yeah. colored margarine segregation. Rosa Parks. <laughs> let my margarine, let my oleo go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, you're an odd man in a good way. Why? Uh, people are boring. People uh, show their cards a little bit too fast, and your cards have a little margarine smuggling behind them, so to speak. <laughs> I've never met a margarine smuggler. I know. I know. Well, there's not many of us left. There's probably not many, to say the least. It's willdurst.com. Now, you sent out an email, and I'm, I don't have time for this, uh, but it's a, a Labor Day oxymoron. Labor Day uh, is coming up. No, happy Labor Day in happy oxymoron. Labor Day. And I actually, I, I am a big fan of labor, and I know I'm probably on the wrong station for that, but... Uh, and and the the thing is because uh yeah the uh, I write a column every week and it gets syndicated not not by one of the big syndicators not Washington Post or Universal it's a small little you know California you know one of those fighting syndicators called Kegel Cartoons and they have two columnists mostly it's editorial cartoons they have two columnists on their roster and they are me and Michael Reagan who I'm sure you're familiar sure, with yeah. and your listeners must be. Uh, the son of the former president and uh, a conservative, so they have a conservative voice and a liberal voice. And I say I'm a bipartisan smartass, but yeah, I, I'm left to center because uh, it's all geographic. You I know, may steal that, by the way. Well, uh, bipartisan, bipartisan smartass. smartass. You go ahead. I don't like Republicans. I don't like Democrats. No, no. That's why I like I like Schwarzenegger because he pisses off both of them. But then, you know, poor baby. I'm going to jump on you on this one. You're a fan of labor. Caltrans just came off a strike, and we learned during the Caltrain strike, uh, potential strike, that the average Caltrain employee makes $116,000 a year. That was upsetting. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Doesn't it seem like a lot of money? It was, it was, a bar, it was the BART workers. And you know, for the people that sit behind the booth and say, take that line, take that line, and they, they look at you with disdain when they say that, that's a lot of freaking money. Yeah. So that's why I don't like labor. Well, not all labor is like that. I mean, some sometimes labor does really, really good things. You know, like keeps um, noxious smoke, f- puts it outside of the factory yeah. instead of letting it but accumulate. That's so nineteen forties, nineteen fifties. Yeah, that's what you think until you actually work in those places. Yeah. And I have. I've had a hundred and eight jobs. I've worked at a lot of places. You would be surprised the stuff that you would take for granted that is not taken for granted. So I'm I, I'm convinced that if it weren't for labor, and I actually use that line in this column, that we'd still be uh, nomads. Uh, camping on a frontier, boiling river water to wash down our nightly meal of beans and mush and toads and moss. What's wrong with toads? Yeah. And and roots. You got something against toads? Well, you know. You see the guy in Florida found a toad in his Pepsi? I don't believe that. You don't think so? I don't believe that. So you think he put toad mush in his Pepsi? And... <laughs> That's a very strange brew of you. Uh, Letterman last night hit a great line. Letterman said, uh, you know, and, and Pepsi was so apologetic because the toad was supposed to go in the Mountain Dew, not the Pepsi. <laughs> I like Letterman. I've always found him to be um, fantastic. So I, I've never been a Leno person. He doesn't seem to care if you like him as much as Leno does. 
Leno seems to want you to like him. I agree. And, I think Leno's, and Letterman doesn't give a rat's ass. Leno markets to Iowa, and I don't want anything to do with Iowa. Whereas <laughs> I like Iowa. I actually grew up in Wisconsin and Iowa. It's a, it's a good place to be from. Not a lot. And of, to get that, not a lot of people of color in Iowa. No, but it, they're good people. They're good people. They are. They have they're good, good hearts. Uh, good skin. They're a little stuck in the whole God thing, but, yeah. you know, that's that's their prerogative. Incredibly flat in Iowa. Kansas okay. is flat. Okay. Kansas. Actually, okay. Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois, they got little rolling hills, you know, before the the icebergs. I mean, the Ice Age, you know, and all the glaciers came and scraped everything down. Looks like we got a phone call. It may not be funny, though. Probably won't be. Let's go to Bob in San Francisco. Pressure on you, Bob. You going to be funny? He's going to take me out. Isn't I just want to hear Will tell me again that he, he his bank would like to make my money their money. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you remember your bank? Yeah, it's probably gone. It's probably got out my money the hard way. I'd like to remember when that you were nice about it, sort of, and I used to be able to laugh. Uh, there's actually, uh, if you go to YouTube, I threw my... Uh, my your bank i did i did a thing about your bank and uh you know we want uh, it was it was a phony commercial for this phony bank and and uh uh-huh. people are confused by all the different fees and transactions so we here at your bank have decided one fee for every transaction 5 bucks whether you talk to a teller cuz we want to make your money our money uh, yeah well written. Was, yeah. well written. Well, well, well thought it was, out. It was a funny, funny piece. <laughs> now you know I what? used to have a TV show here in town on Channel 9. God, I sound like him. Uh, Sid Caesar. Isn't that KQED? Uh, KQED was called the Durst Amendment, and I actually did that uh, piece on the Durst Amendment. Good. Yeah. Play, play on the First Amendment. See, you're beloved. This guy's calling you and requesting material. You're beloved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hookers, bad architecture, politicians, and comics. If you last long enough, you become beloved. On your tweet from yesterday, you said, The bad news is L.A. is surrounded by fire. The good news is the smoke is obscure in the smog. <laughs> That's funny. That's good stuff. That's funny. Now, the guy that we find, <laughs> if we find the person who starts this fire, the arsonist, they're still looking for him. It's 10 days since the fire started. Do you think he should be tried for murder because two firefighters died? Or do you think that's going aggressive? No, I think he should. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Especially if he, if, he, if he did do it on purpose, if it wasn't an accident. Uh, who would do that? Who would throw, who would, you know, start something on fire? You know, I can understand, you know, you know, he's smoking crack and, uh, you know, something you know, falls off the crack pipe and a little ember and, and, boom, and you know, everything's dry, but. Who would Smoke, start it smoking fire? crack's got a bad rap. I know. It shouldn't have a bad rap. I know what it, you know. Whitney Houston on crack, fantastic. <laughs> See, I can't believe that she came out with a new album. And and it's supposed to it's been getting really reviewed well. Really? Apparently smoking crack for 15 years is good for the voice. Who was it? Um who's the guy who follows uh Conan now? Uh yeah, I know he little you mean. Saturday Night Live guy. Yeah. He did a funny line. He said, uh, in her new album, you, you can hear her voice. Her voice hits high notes, but it has a little crack in it on occasion. <laughs> so head to break, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. If you want to request uh, a funny bit from uh, Will Durst, you're more than welcome to. He's online at willdurst.com. Will or Durst. suggest a funny bit. Dot com, com. And uh, free day, comedy day, coming up September 20th in the park, Golden Gate Park, 12 to 5, 45 com- comics. You can find out more at comedyday.com, comedyday.com. We'll take a break. We'll be right back.
Glenn Beck, next at 12 noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Now, Rob Black. It's Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I got funny man Will Durst here. He's the only person to ever come back on the show a second time. Pretty good chance Janine Garofalo won't come back. Oh, honey. What did you do? I don't know. Um, I brought up some of her old routines from the 80s and saying, you know, I, I actually had a crush on you for like three minutes of my life. And she just hid behind liberalism and right wing conservative financial people are bad. So I guess that's what I am. Cash for clunkers, Will. Uh, I actually thought it was a good idea. And I love cash for uh large stackable appliances but it, it doesn't have the same alliterative alliterative literative uh it doesn't have that but so. why to me that, that's our government saying something's better than others why not cash for prostitutes prostitutes got to be hurting today i agree so i agree cash how about for stand-up uh, comedians domestic donuts cash for dunkers okay um cave explorers cash for spelunkers we only have so much money right two trillion or, or are we gonna go to a gazillion uh, well, uh, what is is what is after a trillion? I'll Are we gonna, quadrillion? Quadrillion. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna have to. We're gonna start hearing that term. I re- I'm I'm old enough to remember when Everett Dirksen said, uh, you know, a, a billion here, a billionaire pretty soon. That starts to add up. Yeah. You're talking real money. You know. I mean, now, you know, it's been a thousand times. That was in the '60s. Now it's a trillion. Okay, so you think cash for clunker is good. I'm not going to challenge you on that because I could, but... Well, also, you're getting rid of a lot of used cars. You know, so, I mean, what does that do to the market? I don't know. I I, I don't know. When destroying the cars, are they going to destroy the appliances? Nancy Pelosi. She said recently, no matter what, we're going to get a health care bill done. That's kind of scary to people that when you take that attitude of no matter what, we're going to get it done with a a public option. Shouldn't there be compromise or do you have health care? I, I, I do have health care. Yeah. How do you get health care? Um, own a company. Okay. So. Okay. Do the people in your company have health care? Do you? Yeah, give they them? all do. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're providing people with health care. Yes. Okay. So. And, what are you trying to say? Uh, there's some people out there who don't have health care. I understand that, but should it be a, a should that be constitutional? Well, here's the th- problem. If they don't have health care, they're still using our health care services, don't you think? Typically, yes. Yeah, they're going to the emergency room. Right. Yeah. And uh, who's getting paid for that? Doctors. Yeah. Yeah. So Where's that money coming from? I know. Yeah. But, so, but if they had health care and they actually went to see a doctor and didn't wait until, you know, they had a bleeding open sore on their back. Oh, there's a little pimple. We'll take care of it. You know, I mean, that's the problem. It's preventative versus, you know, uh, trying to uh, maintain um, a sucking. Uh, you know, healthcare came wound. out of World War II that basically companies had frozen, unempl- uh, had frozen wages. So they had healthcare a, was a pension. It was a benefit. Well, ultimately what happened was companies couldn't hire new people because they couldn't say you're worth $2 or $3 an hour. Everyone was worth $1 an hour during the war, so they couldn't compete against each other. So they started giving it as a benefit, um, as a way of drawing people in. There was a day, well, when we'd go to our doctor and he'd be a community service where he was just paid by the hour per se. I'd like to go back to that day. Mm. So if I, I don't think you can go back, though. Do you like buggies? I do like buggies. So I do. Apparently you do. <laughs> and I like bonnets as well. So. <laughs> Get off my back. (laughs) 
buggies and bonnets and sonnets. You're my guest. You, you do look like one of those uh, uh, guys, you know, get a bottle of wine, spread out a blanket at the park, and have a picnic with your lady. And You are that romantic type, aren't you? 20-second plug yourself. Hey, uh, Wilders.com. It's great being on the Rob Black Show, and I hope to do it again. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Don't use the Bay Bridge. Rob Black, weekday mornings from 10 to noon on Talk 910 KNEW. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.